Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking with Squirrel Liberties. I'm your host, Shaylee Fawcett, and today we are so excited to have Ansley Cartier Minor on the show with us today. Ansley graduated Clemson in 2017 with a degree in business management and a minor in athletic leadership. Ansley was the Clemson feature twirler and even twirled at the national championship game where the Clemson football team won the national title. During her time as feature twirler, she was named Miss Tiger Time 2016 and awarded the Lee Tate Spirit of Clemson Award. Upon graduating from Clemson, Ansley received the Roaring Ten Award for being one of the 10 most distinguished Clemson graduates in the last 10 years. Ansley's background in dance and baton goes back far before Clemson, though. Prior to attending Clemson University, Ansley won the title of Miss Majorette of America. In 2011, she qualified for the WFNBTA World Championships in Switzerland, where she received a silver medal. Her twirling abilities allowed her to receive the Caroline Creole Feature Twirler Scholarship to Clemson University. Ansley now lives in Anderson, South Carolina with her husband and two dogs. Ansley loves sharing her love for baton and dance with her students. She says she absolutely loves and adores all of her students and the relationships she has made with them. Her favorite part about being on staff at Carolina Superstars is seeing the impact her mother, Hazel Carty, has had on so many young lives. Ansley wants to continue her mother's life work by creating a pathway for her students to excel in all areas, as well as loving each student like they were her own child. Ansley, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be on the show today and excited to be talking with you and hearing from all the other twirlers, too. I love keeping up with everything y'all do on social media and what all y'all have to offer for only twirlers. Well, thank you so much. We're excited to have you. So just to get us started today, um, how did you end up in the twirling world? Walk us through your twirling career a little bit. Okay, so I found my passion for twirling at a very young age, but it was definitely my choice to twirl, and I think that contributed a lot to my success in twirling. I always loved practicing, which you kind of have to love the aspect of baton to become a good twirler. I started really taking competitive baton twirling seriously when I was about seven years old, I would say. I competed in beginner at NBCA Nationals up until I was age nine, and then I decided that I wanted to go ahead and skip intermediate so I could work to be in the strut-off. I always thought that the strut-off was such a cool thing, and I really wanted to be a part of it. My first year in advance, I made the top six in Grand Nationals at age nine, and I was able to make the strut-off, which was my goal. And then in 2010, I won Miss Major of America in the junior division, and that was truly the highlight, I would say, of my competitive career. And I also consider it one of the biggest accomplishments of my life when I look back on it. Winning this major in America that year was also so unexpected for me because I was at the bottom of the age division. I was competition age 13 and 13 to 15. And there were some really amazing twirlers in my division that year. The year after that, I returned to Nationals as reigning Miss Major of America. I was able to win the twirl-offs and strut-offs and qualify for Worlds in strut baton and freestyle. I competed at the World Championships in 2012. Then I took the summer off, and then I tried, at, tried out at Clemson University the following spring, where I received the feature twirler position. That was awesome. What a great twirling career and so many different um, accomplishments that you've had throughout your entire career, which has kind of led you to where you're at today. Yes, and I really feel like 
competition twirling prepared me for field twirling and some of the life lessons I learned in baton twirling have really helped me as an adult with business and everything else I have going on. So I, I do accredit that a lot to baton twirling. Well, you definitely had an iconic twirling career at Clemson. Um, it seemed like when you got to Clemson, the football program equally uh, lifted off and began to really break through on the national stage again. Um, I'm sure there's hundreds of memories you have from twirling at Clemson, but what are some of your highlights? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say that I grew up a Clemson fan, and I definitely didn't choose Clemson because of football. So I chose Clemson for the school, and if you know anything about Clemson, you know that we thrive off of what is called the Clemson family. So we consider Clemson to have a very tight-knit community, and so that was the main reason I chose Clemson. So to be able to be a Clemson fan when we had seasons where we were having losing seasons, losing records, and then to be there while we truly rose all the way to the top, that was extremely rewarding. And I think it made me appreciate each win more and more because we haven't always been at the top at Clemson. But I would say as far as highlights and memories, my first game at Clemson University was actually a night game. It was an 8.30 p.m. kickoff UGA and it was college game day too so no pressure for a first game or anything <laughs> but it was a lot of fun um I got to twirl at college game day and do the traditional parade to stay to the stadium and then of course I got to um twirl at pregame and Clemson's pregame is really a big deal and what happens at pregame is the football team gets to load the buses on the west end zone side of the stadium. And then while the football team is taking the buses around to run down the hill, the band takes the field with the lead of the feature twirler. And so um, as we do pregame, we end up forming a tunnel for the football team to run through as the team as for the, as the future twirler twirls in the middle of the tunnel. And so that was really neat and very overwhelming for, a very, for my very first game. But I mean, it was just, the most exhilarating and one of the most, I guess, memorable moments of my life. And then the other thing would probably be when Clemson won the national championship because that was just full circle. And to be there for that, like I said, when we were having losing seasons to go all the way to the top, that was just truly rewarding for me. Absolutely. Twirlers, if you have not seen a video of Clemson's pregame, go on YouTube and look it up. It's always named in like the top five college football traditions. It is a sight to see for sure. So go and look it up if you haven't so you can get a picture of what uh, Ansley's describing here. Most definitely. I think all the sports broadcasters, they describe it as the most exciting 25 seconds in college football as the team rubs the rock, Howard's rock at the top of the Hill and then they run down the hill. And I remember one of my twirling friends that was actually twirling at Georgia at the time at our first game. She was like, wow, y'all did all this for college game day. And I was like, no, we do this every football game. And so Clemson really does have an incredible pregame experience. Um, our halftime is a big deal as well, but pregame is definitely where it's at at Clemson. Love it. Love it. Um, so what is one of maybe the funniest things that ever has happened to you while you were twirling at Clemson? Okay, so I really thought about this, and 
I think it's not necessarily funny, but it was just comical to me, I guess, <laughs> because if you remember the Clemson versus Notre Dame game. So first of all, that was really neat for me growing up, going to Notre Dame every year to be able to play Notre Dame. And we played Notre Dame at Clemson and it was college game day also. But we had just had a hurricane in South Carolina that hit the coast and um, we were getting all the outskirts of the heavy, heavy, heavy rain. And so we actually were not even supposed to perform at pregame. And they decided about 10 minutes before pregame that the field would be safe enough, I guess, for us to um, be able to perform. And I had practiced earlier, I guess, practiced the night before with my fire batons and we were already getting rain the night before. So I practiced the night before and seeing if they would light and they were able to light. And so the next day, um, we the next night when it was pouring down rain and I was just completely soaking wet we were able to light my fire batons but I just remember being in the parade route and I started out with a rain jacket on and then it was raining so hard and it was just seeping through my rain jacket I just said forget it and so I pretty much just you know ran around in my two-piece costume (laughs) soaking wet the rest of the game but it was a blast and it was one of my favorite memories and I think like if you were at that game it was one of your favorite memories as a Clemson student too. Sometimes when the weather's just so bad, there's nothing you can do but just embrace it, right? Yes, and I am one of those swirlers. Like, I have to have a little hair poof or a bump on top of my head. And I was just, my feelings were so hurt that day because I was like, you know, if I do a little bump on the top of my head before my bun, then it's going to be a flat little pancake. So <laughs> I had to go without a poof that day. And that kind of, that was kind of sad for me, but other than that it was a fun day <laughs> what are twirlers without their poofs right <laughs> right exactly exactly and hair beds and hair pieces yes uh as we, since you were so involved at clemson throughout your academic and twirling career what is your involvement with the clemson community today i was very heavily involved at clemson immediately after graduating So I was nominated into the Clemson University Women's Alumni Council, where I served on the board for two years. And then I served on the executive board for one year after that. And then I also assisted with the feature toilet position for two years after graduating. And then this spring, I was awarded the Roarington Award, which is probably what I consider my biggest personal accomplishment to date. So for those of you who don't know, Clemson University inducts 10 of its most distinguished graduates in the last 10 years into the Roaring Ten each year. So I was incredibly honored and humbled to receive this award because it not only had to do with um, my business accomplishments, but I felt like it was something other than twirling because I have won my fair share, I guess, of twirling awards, but it was neat to be recognized for something other than twirling also. Well, Ansley, it's rare that people in the competition world see just Ansley. It's usually Ansley and Hazel together, right? Uh, It's kind of synonymous with each other. Um, So you and your mom seem to have a very tight bond. Um, What advice would you give to current twirlers who are coached by their mom or their mothers were former twirlers on how to maintain a good relationship? Um. So that's a good question. I think as an adult, I appreciate the time and the sacrifices my mom made for me now more than ever. The biggest thing for when you're practicing with your mom, and I tell my students this all the time, is to have a good attitude and to realize that your mom is truly only trying to help you in every way they can. Your mom is also giving up her time to watch you practice. So keep that in mind when you're practicing together. 
My mom has always been my best friend, but I've also always had an extreme amount of respect for her. I think it's important to be grateful for what all your parents do for you, whether it be your mom, your dad, or your cousin, or whoever's helping you practice. You need to be grateful for the time that they're putting into you and investing towards you. But working with my mom now, I really do respect the fact that she has been doing this way longer than I have. So she does know what she's doing. And now I just kind of consider myself lucky to be her sidekick. Well, the Carolina Superstars seem to be one of the fastest growing baton studios in the U.S. How have you guys been able to grow so much? And what other advice would you give to coaches and studio owners on how to grow their businesses in their area? We have been very fortunate, Carolina Superstars, in the past few years. So right now, we have right at 600 students, which, like I said, is truly such a blessing. The biggest advice and secret I have is to work hard. And that may sound cliche, but you have to work harder than everyone around you. And you do have to love your job. I truly feel like a lot of days that I'm not even working because I'm doing what I love. But if you have a passion for growing your students as twirlers, and as people, then you'll be able to succeed. But we basically have three programs all under one roof at Carolina Superstars. We have a recreational program, a competition team program, and an elite team program. Each program has different levels of commitments. So there truly is something that we offer for everyone at Carolina Superstars. So that would be my biggest advice, making sure that you love your job, you're willing to work hard, and that you're willing to invest in each child, whether they are two years old and just starting out or whether they're a national champion already. I swear every time I go on Instagram, it's like, we got more space, we're building more parking, we're doing this, we're doing that. And it is just so incredible to see uh, what you guys are doing over there. I truly admire it from a business perspective, absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. My mom has worked really hard, and she has built this business from the ground up since she was not even 18 yet. So it's really nice to be able to see it flourish and we just built our new building and um, it really is the state of the art building. And we have three dance rooms and one, what we call like a baton gym. And that's um, where we have all of our big baton twirling classes and you can do a toss triple illusion. And <laughs> as of um, our last camp, apparently you can do a seven turn in here now. <laughs> so it's definitely high enough um, for all that big twirling. And then um, this past spring we started adding on a parking lot so we should have 45 more parking spaces in about three weeks so that'll be very much needed but very helpful too what is it like um running the studio with with your mom is there ever a day when you guys don't talk about anything carolina superstars related (laughs) (laughs) um it's kind of hard not to. I catch myself, like I said, I mean, I don't know what I would do without my mom. I do talk to her pretty much from the time that I wake up to the time that I go to bed. Um, But I do think that we talk about work all the time, but I think it's like, it's because we enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's not only work, it's a hobby too. But we do take days off, like, and we designate, like this last, this past weekend, I made a point to not take my laptop home and to not work. So I've really worked on that within the last really last six months. Cause like I said, um, I have been married now for about a year and a half and I have two dogs. So I'm really working to be able to manage my time. So I have time for family and 
can be really good at my job also. But mm. it is hard <laughs> as you become an adult. It's hard to do everything, but that's something I'm trying really hard to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm i definitely the person who I have my notebook by my bed. I'm like doing t-shirt designs in the middle of the night or like thinking of the next thing. So I totally understand that. And when you're passionate about what you do, which clearly you guys are, it's hard to kind of turn that off sometimes because it it's fun. It's fun to create these things and see them grow and flourish so I will say after junior olympics last year so we we worked really hard all summer and we had probably a busier summer than ever and then I had a week off after junior olympics and I was like oh wow what am I doing with myself mm-hmm. like I didn't know what to do with myself and I've had to make a point over Thanksgiving break that I focus on my family and mm-hmm. I focus on um you know what is important my my husband and my parents and my dogs, but I work really hard while I am at work. And I think that's how I've been able to manage it the past few years. Absolutely. What do you think overall is the biggest lesson that you've learned through your Carolina Superstars experience? I would definitely have to say kind of back to what I was saying, just being organized. So um, I have made lists since I was little, checklists, and that's how I practiced when I did the contour lane. I would make a list every practice, and I would leave the gym when I got my list done. And that's kind of how I am as an adult and how I went through college as well. I would make lists, and I don't make lists as like a chore. It's kind of, it helps me whenever um to go through my day and not forget things too, because we have a lot going on at the studio and um, camps and everything else. So if I don't write it down, I'll forget it. So I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is to just be super organized because the more organized you are, the less headache you have at the end of the day too. So not only are you guys running Carolina Superstars, you've also started different camps um, and programs and even a competition, the U.S. Twirling Open. Um, tell us how you came up with that idea. We are always, I would say, striving my mom and I to make Toronto more of a respectable sport. And so whether it be at Carolina Superstars through Elite 50 or the U.S. Toronto Open, um, we want to market baton twirling as a sport as much as we can. And so for me, the name itself, the U.S. Toronto Open, sounded athletic. And if I were still competing, that's a title I would want to try to work for and achieve. So we try to make as big of a deal as possible and really promote the competitors as athletes at the U.S. Twirling Open and at Elite 50. So we want the athletes and twirlers to feel important and feel like they really are you know, what they deserve to be their athletes that are competing. Only Twirlers had the opportunity to attend the first U.S. Twirling Open, and it was a fantastic contest, great facilities, all those things, and beautiful trophies. And you guys definitely did a great job of making it about the Twirlers and for the Twirlers. Well, thank you. We loved having you there. All my students still, they have their little boom, no drops. I think some of them might have even bought their boom, no drops before they had a no drop. <laughs> but, but that's okay. So I just told them they have to have no drops in upcoming contests if they didn't have one there. So they weren't going to miss out on those boom, no drops, though. <laughs> I love it. It's a great uh, good luck for a, boom, for a no drop, right? Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. And several of my team students bought them and they love those no drops. So we make a big deal out of no drops at Carolina Superstars. So I think they really love those. Oh, good. I'm so glad. 
Yes. What would you kind of say is your overarching long-term career goal, uh, maybe for the studio or personally? Um, so for the studio, I really want to try to continue to retain what we currently have. So at Clone Superstars, the return rate is super important to me personally for several reasons. It means the students are enjoying being part of the studio, and we are also doing our jobs to help them thrive here at the studio. On a personal note, I would love to have a Miss Major of America. I feel like rarely do you see coaches have a Miss Major of America that they started teaching when they were two or three years old, and they're able to take them all the way to the top. So that's just a personal goal of mine. I would love to one day have a student that I can help accomplish this because I know winning Miss Major of America was so special to me, and I would love to start one of my little ones out when they're two or three years old and be able to coach them all the way to that big title. That would be really special for me. Insley, often when we ask on Only Twirlers, who are some of your twirling inspirations or who are you inspired by? Your name comes up often um, in our DMs, but we're curious who are some of your twirling inspirations? Well, of course, my mom, Hazel Carty. I wouldn't be doing what I am today if it wasn't for her. She's truly paved the pathway. Um, my next one would be Jaletta Long Smith. She was a feature twirler at Clemson when I was probably around six or seven years old. Um, she actually let me twirl on the football field with her and do a duet at one game. So she was constantly really including me and making me feel important. And that's something that I definitely don't take for granted and something that I strive to do when I was twirling at Clemson, no matter like how busy I was or how um, hard I was trying to practice, it's way more important to take time to speak to children and, you know, make them feel like they're welcomed when they're trying to speak to you also. So she would definitely be one of my main role models. She's now a, su a successful attorney and she's heavily involved at Clemson still. So she's definitely an easy person to admire. And then my other one would be Ashley Clark. So I really admire her for all that she does in baton twirling and the fact that she is so good at her jobs outside of baton twirling as well. But if you know Ashley, she has a really strong and bubbly personality. And I feel like she does, when she does something, she gives 110%. And that's definitely something to be admired. There's some great folks for sure. Ansley, one question that we like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast is, what is your favorite Only Twirlers shirt? This one is so easy for me. So I wish I had one when I was little, but <laughs> I seriously might buy myself one and just wear it because, you know, I did survive the blue curtain, but <laughs> I just, I just love those. I think that's awesome. And I think it's so prestigious just to be um, in that setting and in Grand Nationals. So I think it's really neat. I will definitely be, I have four students competing in, well, I have two competing in Grand Nationals and two competing in Little Big One. So they'll definitely be sporting there. I survived the blue curtain. You can't go without that. But I think that's awesome. It's also a very prestigious shirt to wear, too. I love that it's become a thing a little bit to earn your earn your blue curtain shirt. And it is a big deal to qualify for Grand Nationals. So I'm glad that um, others are adopt adopting that mentality, too. Most definitely. I think that shirt is just, I think it's awesome. I also love all the new designs and the, um, we don't talk about practice. No, no, no. So 
I probably wouldn't even know what that meant if I wasn't around <laughs> so many kids all the time. But um, my mom was actually teaching a class a few weeks ago, and they were like, play Bruno, play Bruno. And she was like, who? Like, Bruno Mars? Like, what? <laughs> and um, then finally, she figured out that what they were talking about. And so now we play it, and we have these, like, disco balls in all the rooms, so you can turn the lights off and... Uh, have the disco ball going so they sing every word to that and I mean I think that the shirt's definitely going to be a hit with those little ones for sure. Well Ansley thank you so much for your time today we so appreciate getting to learn more about your twirling career and how you're growing the sport of baton twirling not only in South Carolina but around the country as well. Well I loved being able to talk to y'all and I look forward some more podcasts. I'm really excited for everything that Only Twirlers has in store during the next year, too. Thank you so much, Ansley, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Talking with Twirl Liberties. We'll see you next time.